Welcome back, everybody. This is the Board Podcast, our Thursday afternoon show during the NBA season. Even though there's been no NBA games really in between our last two shows, there is still a ton of stuff to cover and discuss with myself, Jacob, and my co-host, Kirk Evans, back from the NBA All-Star break. So today, we'll be talking about the NBA All-Star break, All-Star Saturday and its event in the All-Star game and how it was very poorly received overall by NBA fans. And then, before, well, before we wrap up, a little bit of a look ahead for the rest of the season, a bit of a playoff picture discussion, and any betting that may come at the end of the show. So smash that like button if you're ready to go and you're ready for the NBA to return and subscribe to the channel. Keep updated with all the content. We do Thursday afternoon shows like this, but we also do weekday morning shows with myself and Pips NBA. Uh, first of all, over to you, Kirk Evans. How was the break? How did you spend the time away from the NBA? What did you get up to? Uh, not much. Just uh, took some time relaxing. Nice to not have too much to do. Now back to a massive slate today. I feel like I'm swimming upstream again. Uh, but it's nice having a nice little break uh, mid-season. Today's a, a bit of a weird one because it's a big slate to work with, but it's been out for a while. So uh, by the time these lines get sharp, I mean, even this morning, probably lines are already sharp on this one where you're already getting involved with the with the betting lines earlier on in the week. Yeah, definitely. I d- typically will still wait till overnight. Like last night was uh, most of where my betting came in, but still some throughout the week it's just tough a lot of these places have like time like they pretty much do it on time so it doesn't even really matter that the line's out for four days or one day it's just kind of how close it is to game time makes sense absolutely but uh we did have some betting with the show over all-star weekend uh which we'll start with today uh all-star saturday was uh something that i found Pretty enjoyable overall in terms of the betting. We talked about maybe going after Curry if Sabrina Ionescu was going to shoot from the NBA lines, which she did. Uh, ended up coming through on that. Not officially given out on this show here, but just something that we did discuss overall. Um, you also had the Eastern Conference money line in terms of the also weekend. That was a big success with the way the Eastern Conference played. But overall, uh, let's start off with that All-Star Saturday. I thought it went overall decently. Some things were better than others, but uh, just first first opinions here on All-Star Saturday as a whole. Yeah, I thought it was pretty standard other than the Steph Sabrina, which I thought was by far the best event of the weekend. Um, the three-point contest, I think, is like awesome. I just like the three-point contest a lot. I think most people really do. It's fun. It's not like the dunk contest where they're running out of ideas. It's just kind of a classic. That's really enjoyable to watch for me. And the players are, are get like the, the three point, I don't know, maybe it was a bit of a blip, but three point efficiency, even in three point contests is like skyrocketing up. This was a ridiculously good contest. I think everyone other than Malik Beasley went over their number. So yeah, I think three point contest is great. Biggest lesson I think by far is that you need unique events like Steph and Sabrina every all-star Saturday. I think that makes it interesting. I think it was by far the most talked about event, the best event. Um, and they're going to have to keep thinking of things even next year. If they just do Steph, Sabrina, uh, Caitlin Clark, I think that'd be really cool. Um, and then the dunk contest kind of sucks. It's been bad for a while. 
I don't really know what there is to fix it. Again, like I feel like something we'll probably talk about more throughout this pod is maybe if they offer a lot of money, it's possible. But right now it's just a lot of dunks have been done. And for a player to really do a, a spectacular dunk, they probably need to practice it a significant amount of time. And I just don't think players care enough to do that. I thought the dunk contest was, was okay. Um, you know, I understand it's hard to come up with certain things at this point. What I didn't like about the dunk contest was the judging. Um, yeah, which is which, always bad. Which was insane. I was sitting on a Mac McClung ticket, so I I was losing it. I agree with Dynap of Yacht in chat, uh, letting anyone judge a dunk contest. Some of this stuff, like Jalen Brown pull out just, you know, your standard sort of look. Obviously, speaking for somebody who can't even dunk a basketball, these are all outrageous. But from a dunk contest perspective, he's pulling out some some basic dunk packages getting these ridiculous scores. Meanwhile, like Jacob Toppin had one of the best dunks of the whole event. And he ended up like, I don't think he even cracked 47 with that dunk. So Jalen Brown kind of just did whatever got his numbers. Mac McClung, I thought was fine. Uh, Watching the dunk contest with some friends, we kind of came to the conclusion that for a dunk to be a 50, you got like, there should be no doubt whatsoever. You know, it's a 50. Absolutely. I thought there only was one dunk that did that. And it was the final dunk, which was the winning dunk for Mac McClung. I thought it was okay, but I do agree to see, even like maybe some other players get involved with the dunk contest, some better players, like superstar players. I think that would bring more enjoyment to it, but I think a financial incentive is, uh, along with it would, would bring in some, some fresh new dunks to the event. I don't necessarily agree. Like I like that this G league is involved. I don't really agree with bringing in professional dunkers. I don't think that's really what people want to see. Obviously, you'd see some cool stuff, but I, I like having like even G League players like you know who they are and you can yeah, make but even Matt McClung like he's not even an NBA player like it, that even to me feels like the borderline of like like Matt McClung and Jacob Toppin were were two guys in the event those even like pretty you know upper end casual fans don't know who those two players are maybe you know Matt McClung because he won last year's dunk contest yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I don't McClung know. It's, it's tough. Was 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 sort of famous. Um, yeah, yeah. That's I, I think it's it's either social media or YouTube, whatever yeah. it was. Uh, the Jacob Toppin one is just okay. Mac McClung did so well as a G leaguer, they bring him in. They, they actually a while ago they had Derek Derek Jones Jr. as a G leaguer, and uh, he didn't win that year, but he did. But he was featuring one year as a G leaguer. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, I think the dunk contest kind of is what it is at this point. I'm not sure what the best way to improve it is. I thought it was fine, but. I think some financial incentives could could do quite a bit here. I think what they got to do, scrap the skills competition, which is just horrible. Yeah, like, that it's just that not it's not fun to watch at all. The players aren't trying, but like it's also just not really like even if the players were trying as hard as humanly possible, it wouldn't really be an exciting event. And just kind of have two things like Steph and Sabrina was one of them, and then who knows something exciting that's happening within basketball that year just toss out a bunch of ideas and do something like if you know players in the league even if you could do Steph and Sabrina three-point competition but like with two players in the league who have been talking a lot of shit to each other throughout the year like a Dylan Brooks LeBron James three-point competition would be hilarious it would be fun to watch <laughs> something random like that like yeah just do things that are, will make it more interesting three-point competition's great steph and sabrina should definitely participate again next year just exact same thing 
And then dunk contest, I agree. I think it kind of just is what it is. But I think maybe put the dunk contest in the middle of the night so it's not like the end of the night show when everyone just always complains bit, about it. It's a bit long. I, yeah. I, but I think the relay, or not the relay, the, the entire skills challenge kind of makes the whole thing quite long because it does take a while. Um, yeah. The three-point contest is great. Dunk contest is fine. I agree. Run it back with something. I, I don't know if you want to repeat the same thing with, with Curry and Sabrina. Maybe you get Caitlin Clark involved. Maybe you have WNBA players in the three-point contest. Yes. Yeah. Brina Nescu put up 26 points. That's what Dame put up in the first round and the winning total in the second round. So I think something like that would be cool. Um, I, I like that you mentioned like a, a like a LeBron versus Brooks 1v1 on, on threes. I, I don't think that would ever happen. But <laughs> maybe if there is some players who want to do a 1v1 event in some capacity, like people have been claiming for 1v1 tournament, why not just a single 1v1 game to 11 or something like that for anybody who wants to take part in something like that? Not sure there'd be a ton of players who want that, but but all if you, you just opened do, it up to the league, I think pl random players would be like, "Yeah, I'm in." Yeah, what? If, yeah, maybe you're not an all star player. Like, there's certain yeah. players who, uh, I don't know, some players are extremely skilled, not the best in terms of like NBA quality, but like, you know, guys who dominated college ball who haven't adapted well to the NBA. Like, there is a ton of really skilled players in lower parts of rosters not saying that make for the great maybe the greatest television but hey a little bit of a 1v1 tournament with these guys i'm sure they'd love to get involved with nba all-star weekend i think people would watch that there's just no way that's not more interesting than the skills that's competition I, I just thought of that there's no way that's that's worse than the, <laughs> there's the just, skills competition also what they could do another idea is just and maybe they like it as kind of a three-day event but i feel like no one watches the rookie sophomore much anymore that was the second best event in all of all-star weekend it was great they were trying hard matherin was talking shit to ivy Wemby lost to the g league team the g league team came out like gangbusters they were going so hard like that was that, that's a fun event you could put that it, it, that event barely takes longer than the skills competition just put it at the, at the start of the event and yeah. have that like this is a lot of i think when some events are just so bad, it kind of takes you out of it. Like that, the relay, and obviously the all-star game's another one like that. So just we'll like get to the game. more small spurts of good events that people will be interested in. People can bet on, like even even betting on the, the relay. We both had, had bets on it, but like, it's so uninteresting. You don't know who's winning. You don't know what the rules are. I celebrated the Pacers running like five times separately. And then, and then I was like, Oh wait, it's still going on. They had a fucking half point shot to win the, the whole event. So just do things that, that are somewhat interesting and, and try really cutting out the fat. Obviously that's easy for me to say, because I'm sure the NBA makes a lot of money <clears throat> with it being like a three hour event instead of a two hour event. But I think you can just kind of come up with more random interesting things that are happening in the nba that year yeah agreed and, and i think curry versus sabrina thing was a good start hopefully more to come from that uh in, in years to follow um it's been tough for things to for the nba to follow things up in past like mac mcclung re revived the dunk contest last year some people would say um tough to follow that up there was a year where the nba all-star game they set the the point cap of 24 points in the fourth quarter 
and they did that the next year and there was a blowout so it didn't matter at all that there was a point cap for the fourth quarter and they ended up scrapping it so it's tough to follow things up but just keeping things fresh uh it's obviously more entertaining anybody in the chat if you have ideas for the all-star game please drop them in just like eric has done here eric wants to see a fan versus player 1v1 i think this would be funny just once because it would showcase just the astonishing level of difference in quality from uh, an nba player to a fan if they could get like i don't want to be mean but one of the shorter players in the league to take on like just a not a casual basketball player but maybe even a more serious basketball player 1v1 just to show the extreme levels to play in the nba i think something like that would be cool again just fresh ideas but any any questions at all we'll i'll 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 make note of them and we'll get them later on in the show uh, that that one's a tough one but again it's kind of similar to like the 1v1 idea where someone in the nba would do it exactly what you could do is like in indiana just have like an event okay we're gonna have a massive 1v1 tournament the winner gets to play at all-star weekend a one-on-one and that's like a 20 minute event you have to keep it really short because like after a bit, it would kind of be like, what is this? But that would be cool. And, like, I'm sure there are some really good basketball players in Indiana where, like, if the best player at that event, like, would probably be, like, a college-level player and it wouldn't be, like, a total joke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's, again, I, I think that's a pretty good idea as well. You, you, just, you just spice it up with this sort of thing for All-Star Weekend. Again, just keeping it fresh is the key here. Let's go to the game. This is where it's kind of tough to keep things fresh because, after all, it is just a game. But... Um, NBA also game. I won't say fell short of expectations because I don't know what people really expect at this point. The game kind of just is what it is at this point. The Eastern Conference wins uh, 211 to 186, a record number of points for an NBA All-Star game. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy amounts of points. It absolutely smashed the the total, and people complained a lot. Uh, me personally, like you know, I I, I kind of know what the All-Star game is at this point. It's 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 tough to watch. I don't really pay much attention to it to be honest um what's your interest level in actually watching the the sunday all-star game if i didn't bet on it i wouldn't care at all right but there's like i bet a lot on it honestly like i bet a lot of props a lot of um i bet on the side i did have the total which was ended up being a big mover and a big loser but um yeah watching it's pretty uninteresting other than i will actually have a lot of opinions on this game all right one I think the NBA really wants to like have its cake and eat it too. They're forcing players or maybe not forcing, but pretty much the massive theme of this season specifically is players are going to play. Players are playing way more. There's essentially no rest in the NBA at this point. It very rarely happens. If you look at actual tagged rest, which obviously sometimes teams manipulate that and will say a player's not playing because it's an ankle, but it's actually rest. But actually tagged rest pretty much never happens anymore. And I tweeted this out. Eight of the 24 players in this game had a legitimate injury that <clears throat> either they missed a game or were quite close to missing a game in the past week before the All-Star game. So if players are injured and they're playing massive loads and this is kind of like their All-Star break, I think it's really unlikely that the game is going to be particularly intense. Like, I think if you're forcing players, and, and look, I get it. Fans obviously want players to play, but it all comes back to the season's too long, but the NBA can't make the season shorter because it'll lose them too much revenue. Yep. So the season's too long, but the NBA wants players to play. 
but they want the intensity to be high. And then they want to come to all-star break and have the intensity be high. I just really don't see how that expectation could happen. And then also, I do think there were a lot of specific weird like randomness in this game that made it even less intense than normal and like led to the fourth quarter. Normally there's a fourth quarter bump in intensity and that just didn't happen. I can't get anything out of the fourth quarter. Um, so, and, and with a game of this high of a score, there's so much variance that easily blowouts can happen. So it's tough. It, it's tough to predict these sort of things. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I'll add on to why players have no motivation here. All-Star Weekend is a, a grind for these guys. They show up like Thursday or Friday, get a very short break after game's end. They have tons and tons and tons of media responsibilities to take care of, living out of a hotel. Listen, they're very nice hotels for sure, but not at home, living out of a hotel, constant media duties, uh, attending maybe All-Star Saturday. It, it's tough. It's tough on them. It's taxing on them. By the end of the weekend, I'm sure they just want to go home and then they have a game to play and they don't really want to play in. So I don't know how you find, give players the motivation to play in this. One thought I had earlier this morning, I kind of want your opinion on is, can you make it four teams like you do for the the rising stars, make it half court as well with a clear line so that you don't have to run back on defense, kind of blacktop style. That way you're already set defensively and there's no just, Easy fast break, easy dunk. I don't know if that motivates players. The NHL added in a mass, not a massive, but a big, well, hundred, uh, uh, sorry, a million dollar financial incentive to the winning team of All-Star, the All-Star game this year. That seemed to help with motivation. Does a financial incentive help the NBA All-Star game in that capacity? If there's four teams, does it help as well to do the, the black court, uh, the black top style? A lot of different ideas here. I don't know if they changed anything, but it, it, it's clear Adam Silver went in to be the game expecting players to be motivated to play, and it's clear he was disappointed that that wasn't the case. Oh, any any thoughts on those ideas? Yeah, well, I actually thought that was the most interesting part of All-Star. The actual All-Star game to me was that, like, normally, as much as we talk about, like, NBA players kind of do whatever they want, Normally, the NBA actually holds the party line pretty well, where if the NBA, exactly like the rest thing this year, when the NBA is like, okay, we need you guys to do this, typically the NBA players and coaches get in line and are like, all right, the NBA is telling us to do this. It's probably because we're going to make more money. Normally, they listen. And the fact that the NBA put on this full-court press I had seen it in interviews that Adam Silver was really pushing that this game was going to be more serious. But Iguodala went to the locker room. Adam Silver, I also think, talked to them. Considering all that happened, and then they went out and played like that, yeah, that might just show how non-redeemable this game is. And then I also think that, and not to call out two specific players, but Jokic and Luka being on the same team and both being starters had a way more dramatic effect in ruining this game than people want to admit. Like most players, they I didn't really themselves to be fair. For sure. For sure. Most players don't care, but like, we'll start to kind of try care a little bit. Jokic and Luca are like by far the two who try the least of all time in any NBA all-star game I've ever seen. And also the fact that they're really good friends and played with each other. It was like a bit. They were like, neither of us want to shoot. 
Jokic had like wide open layups. Luca had the two for one from 75 feet. Yeah. So my idea that in I don't really know if it would fix it at all, but move the all-star game like the NFL has it to Ooh. right before the finals. And just say, if you don't want to come, don't come. We don't care. Have, you know, maybe 50% all-stars come, 50% don't. But say, if you're coming, you're going to try. Like, th- this is, if you're coming and playing, you're going to try in this game. Don't Maybe not with the intensity of a regular season game, but you're going to come and you're going to play. And then you get a week in between the uh, conference finals and the finals. And if players are hurt in that week, then they get to rest up and recover. That's kind of my idea. I don't really know if it would work. I think the half court idea is not bad as well, but like I think a full game half court, like a, watching a full game only in the half court would actually be kind of like pretty bad viewership. Like there wouldn't be dunks. There wouldn't, it would just kind of be like a bit uglier. And like, it, it, to me, it is fun when the game's pretty wide open at the start. It's just like, you need the game to progressively get more serious throughout. And that just didn't happen this year. But yeah, I don't know. All these ideas, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, four different teams, big money incentives. But like NBA players just make too much money nowadays that the money incentives are pretty hard. Unless it's like money incentives plus social pressure. And getting that social pressure there is pretty tough. Yeah. Just thinking to myself, one way maybe if you short... They did the thing where every quarter won a certain amount of money to a charity that each team won. Maybe they make it like a series. So even if there's a blowout in the first quarter, like let's say it's, it's a yeah. three-game series. So there's there's a 15-minute first game, and it's a best of three. I guess it kind of cuts in if they don't go all the way to the, the sudden yeah. death leg. So maybe that doesn't work. It, it, it's tough. And again, it just comes out of motivation. I understand why the players aren't motivated to really play in this game. And honestly, the players that try – People can make fun of them. Like like Giannis clearly has in the past hunted all-star game MVPs and people kind of roast him for it. So here's a guy actually trying. Nobody else wants to try. And this player gets a bit of ridicule. Yeah. I would say it's kind of turned though. Like I haven't really heard much about people ripping on Cat and he put on like an all-time all-star game performance in this one of like, he, he put up 50 points. He was dunking every possession. Yeah, he's, like, he's hunting an MVP. Yeah, Lillard as well. I actually had Cat MVP, which hurt. I had um, Lillard, so did you, good for you. I had, I had Halliburton. I think I got robbed a little bit, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> I also had Halliburton because uh, nice. you, you you said on the show, but I had a I didn't give it out anywhere, but I had a a, a private bet on on Lillard because I thought who's gonna shoot from half court? If he makes a few of them, they might just hand it to him. Yeah, yeah. So I think mostly the game's just kind of a joke, and it is what it is. But they're going to change it up, and I actually think next year is really going to be the year where. Again, they're going to go in really pushing that it has to be serious. But who knows? I I just also think, tell the players to opt out. Jokic and Luka don't want to be there. Just don't don't come. They're not in any event. They play in the All-Star game and they ruin it. Like, just don't be there. No one actually cares. And um, Adam Silver, he's all about innovation. He's he's innovated much of the league, I'd say, pretty successfully. So they're going to work on this for sure. They're not going to allow this to happen. All right. Uh. Enough on the All-Star Weekend. 
uh, I want to go to some questions here because you have a lot of uh, very nice questions in here, very good questions in here from the chat. Then we're going to talk overall about uh, the NBA playoff landscape at the top of the NBA standings. But first of all, a question from Eric came in uh, asking, how does bet your betting style change in the second half of the NBA season? Uh, I'll say for myself on a game-to-game basis, not much, but I really start to investigate awards markets a little bit more futures markets as a whole just a little bit less variance for the rest of the season you have a very good sample size so for me not much but a, a higher focus on futures markets how about yourself yeah i just think it, it becomes really the part of the nba season where motivation is a massively driving factor teams are going to want to lose there are a lot of teams that are really going to want to lose so knowing that and knowing which team wins, what what seeding games matter. I think those things are really important. Otherwise, pretty similar. And another question here, this one, a bit more specific to betting, kind of in line with the future that is on the show here. It's the Jokic MVP, which we have at 270. Uh, right now, Jokic is in the minus 125 to minus 135 range as far as the MVP is concerned. Matthew here in the chat said he that he got him at plus 180 and plus 250. But is the price now about right for Jokic to win MVP? Um, I'm seeing minus 120 here on FanDuel. Yeah, I have bet a bit of Shea MVP. Um, I think like plus 180-ish is around. I, I don't I don't view it as Jokic as this massive clear favorite. Like they could finish fifth in the West, sixth in the West, and Shea's like by far number one in uh, total EPM right now. I think those two things are pretty big factors. I don't really see anyone else winning this award. Maybe Giannis, maybe Luca, but like those guys, those guys are like just not really having their their teams just not really successful. So it's going to be a weird MVP year. I think it's down to Shea and Luke, uh, Shea and Jokic. I started betting it at like plus five hundred. I think that's what it was. All the way, I, I gave it out on the show. What'd you say? Plus 250? 270 on Jokic. Plus 270. I think I bet it lower. Joel Gang Hurd obviously helped us a lot. Now I, I think it's time to buy a little bit of Shea. Like, I look, agree. I, I wouldn't completely close your position. And also, you're not getting a full hedge. You know, you can lose both those bets. That's definitely important to know. And I think there are some places starting to open up like Jokic to not win. But I think I would just rather bet Shea because I think Shea has a really good case right now. For my personal position, I'm not betting like huge amounts into these markets. So I'm just going to hold the Jokic ticket, not try to play with it at all. If it loses, so be it. I'm not in a mass position. But if you're like a, a huge better putting massive amounts down, a little bit of a hedge on Shea. I think the price at the point where where I would I would consider that. But yeah, I just I've think the price on, on Shea is pretty good right now. Like I, I look at it as a pretty much a two horse race. And I don't see Jokic as like just a massive favorite over Shea. I would probably say both of them are like in the plus 120 range and everyone else is kind of pretty far behind. Agreed. Uh, another question comes in from Taylor Ellis saying that, that they've noticed that some books are very slow to update divisional slash player futures leading to the very off market prices. Is it worth jumping on these or does a, account preservation dictate against it? Um, I'll say from my perspective, first of all, I guess it depends on the style of better. If you are are seriously beating up the sports book and that is a something that's going to put your account in, in huge peril, then go ahead. But first of all, I'd have a conversation with myself. You know, am, am I 
at the point where I'm seriously getting profiled as a sports better? If the answer is, is maybe that I probably just go ahead and bet the edges. Um, I would say almost the, the answer will always be just, just here, play your edge. If you're a good better and you're worried about getting, getting limited, then you might get limited at some point anyway. So bet the edge while you have it. That would be my stance on it. Um, obviously tough to get accounts and such, but it's tough for me to ignore an edge. Uh, so I, I would play it. What do you think, Kirk? Yeah, I, I mostly agree with you. Really just depends on, they're kind of like two factors. How good of a better are you? And how good are your outs? Really, like if it's a really important out to you, you don't have that many outs and you're you're absolutely crushing, then yeah, probably don't play it. But also you're probably going to want to test a pretty big bet into it if you're going to take it, make it worthwhile. Like if if you're betting, if you're beating, let's say, props pretty well and you can get $1,000 on an NBA prop, but you have a big edge on a division market, but they'll give you $100 on it and it'll still profile your account, probably not yeah. worth it. So there really are a lot of factors. The number one being kind of how big your edge is in other stuff, but... It, it's tough and, and I'd probably also, you know, try, if, if it's a really big edge, maybe try finding a workaround. Is there anyone, do you have a friend who has an account who uh, you could bet into their kind of square account, stuff like that? But it's hard to say without having a bit more information. Yeah, variable dependent. I would say the answer almost always for me will be just 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 play it. Um, And I'd say a I don't like I, I I mean this in the most respectful way possible. If there's any sort of doubts about whether or not you're going to get profiled, then probably just go ahead and play it. If you're certain that's something that this is going to get noticed, then you have a conversation with yourself about that. But almost also really depends on what like if it's Bet MGM who has kind of massive edges or or Bet Rivers who's really slow on a lot of stuff. Is it worth and and they'll and they'll profile you really quick. That's a different story than if you're betting into like a FanDuel or a Caesars. Yes. Also, yeah, the limits of the sports bank. A, a whole a whole ton of variables. Uh, uh, agreed. But let's move now into back to we're back to the NBA here. Uh, we talked about a little bit about the top of the NBA standings here. But I want to talk about specifically who are the contenders in the NBA. Uh, we can start with the Eastern Conference because I feel like this one will be short. Is anybody... On Boston's tier. No. Well, I don't think there's anyone on Boston's tier in the league, if I'm Period. being honest. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a big it's a big gap. Boston, I, I bet them again yesterday. Or maybe this morning. They, uh, what, the what did you get them at? I think I took uh, plus 170. Plus 170. On the show, uh, you took them at plus, or plus 306. Plus 270. Plus 270, sorry. Plus um, 270. Uh, 306 for the show for show tracking nice yeah I, I i just it's getting harder and harder for me to see the celtics not winning the title people get mad at me all my celtic friends are like oh my god we lose every year we're not gonna win look the team's ridiculously good they're clearly a tier above i don't really look i find it hard to even picture a healthy series who they're gonna lose against i think they match up with everyone very well obviously i could be wrong and obviously there are injuries but I have a Celtics clear tier one. They're by far tier one in uh, regular season power rankings. I look at them as an awesome playoff team because they really can shapeshift how they play. They can play two bigs. 
They can play small. They can switch. They can drop. They can hedge. They're just really good. They have endless shooting. They're clearly tier one. Then in the East, I still would probably have Milwaukee in tier two by yep. themselves. I'm now higher on oh, the market than own. Milwaukee. Who who else would you have in tier two for Milwaukee as East? Contenders? I don't know. I, I I just feel like they're they're not really good enough to be on their own, but. Like, how much do I trust the Knicks and the Cavs to be up there with them? Um, yeah, they might just be, like, one big gap to small gap to tier three where you have yeah. kind of hack and behind them. I would I would call it, like, my tier one would be Boston, and I would just call them, expect them out of the East. Then Milwaukee would be, like, if everything goes right and they hit their high end, and then New York... Cleveland, Philly would be wow, I'm surprised, but it's not impossible. And then yeah. and then I guess Miami's like probably would be tier four of they've done it before, but I don't believe in that. Yeah, Boston as the ex- expectation. Milwaukee for me is like it's not a surprise if they do it. But like they 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 can feasibly do it. Whereas Cleveland, New York, I'd be I'd be surprised if they out of these like wow they they actually yeah. did it like i don't it's not out of the realms of possibilities but they actually did it wow uh comment here from dan rivera this was early on in the show i really wanted to talk about doc rivers um how big of a fraud is doc rivers i, I guess we can bring up the jj reddick uh, comment on it as well because uh, i i know you're active on twitter about that but uh, for anybody unaware of the situation jj reddick said that um, Doc Rivers has always just used excuses. It's always an excuse, despite having all these good teams, which turned into a whole thing with Patrick Beverly, who said Doc Rivers saved J.J. Reddick's career, which is, like, just objectively not true. Uh, anyways, uh, Doc Rivers. Is Doc Rivers a fraud? I think they're they're three and seven since he stepped in here. Uh, look, this was the the w- one of the best teams, the NBA record-wide with Adrian Griffin. They didn't feel like it but they were with doc rivers they're just not winning games right now um does, does that knock milwaukee at all in your in your tiers or rankings there no i still uh, i still um have milwaukee as slightly better with doc rivers in with adrian griffin but that's uh not not saying much because i thought adrian griffin was a terrible coach um yeah i don't know doc rivers fraud i kind of feel like he's not a fraud because everyone knows he's just not that good other than coily milwaukee yeah. um but he's i feel like we all know these guys in, in real life you know like someone's like oh why'd you do that and they're like oh no but this happened but you don't but about what about this he just makes excuses about everything like he he's he's kind of like lebron in the sense that he lies about everything but <laughs> also like makes insane excuses like He's they're three and seven under him. He's like, oh, I told them to only hire me at the All Star break. He, yeah, I, I I love the consultation tour he's on, where he's made all these consulting moves for various NBA teams, and he's been like pulling the strings behind the scenes everywhere. Oh my god, it, yeah. it, I, I it is very funny. Uh, he's I, getting, I'm he's getting this. memed. He's getting memed pretty hard, but he yeah, deserves it <laughs> for sure. He does. He, he I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was a bad hire at the time. It's still a bad hire, but. Uh, all right, let's shift to the Western Conference. This is where it's more exciting, I think, and it's the reason I have three Western Conference players in the graphic. If you're watching today, 
Uh, top four in the West right now, separated by three games in order. It's the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Clippers, the Nuggets. The Suns have made a good run. They are now six games back of top seed, as are the Pelicans, Mavericks, seven games back, Kings, seven and a half. And then to round out the top 10, it is the Lakers, nine and a half games back, and the Warriors, 11. Who are on that? Who are, Sorry, who would rather? Who is in that top tier for the Western Conference? The Celtics sit alone at the top of the East, just cons- considering the Western Conference. Who is in that top tier and is that tier above where you would have Milwaukee for any yes, finals? Yes, for sure. Above Milwaukee. Um, it's a two tier, two team tier. I'm going to go LA Clippers 1A, Denver Nuggets 1B. Right. I, I think the, the Nuggets to me are like lagging a bit behind, but just for the fact they they did it less than a year ago, just kind of reminds you that like they can repeat that. But I think this is one of the teams with the most amount of variables. I think the Clippers, the hardened variable, the playoffs is always a thing. The health factor cannot be ignored with this team. I know they've been healthy this season. You just can never put that to bed with the Clippers. But I think they've got everything in place to be the best team here. You just can't really count out the Denver Nuggets. Uh, if you're going a tier under that, how many teams are involved in that kind of B tier for the West? I'd probably go three, and I don't love any of these teams. I don't really see any of these teams winning a championship can maybe make the finals would be OKC, Minnesota, Phoenix. Yeah, I'll I'll probably put those teams. I don't think I'll put them quite like where I would say the, the Cavs and the Knicks are in the East, okay. where like it'd be a surprise because the, the West is just a bit more open. I'd be like a little bit surprised, like, wow, like the Timberwolves actually got to the finals. The Thunder actually got to the finals. But it's more plausible to do so in the Western Conference where you don't have to run into the Boston Celtics. Uh, but yeah, yeah I think, I, I think they I'd run put into Phoenix, Clippers and Nuggets, man. I think I'd put Phoenix number one in that tier if I thought they were going to have home court. But the fact that Minnesota and OKC are going to have home court in the first round for sure and easily could have second and third round home court, I'd probably have them a little bit above, but I would have Phoenix as like, better on a neutral as a playoff team i think but phoenix also has a lot of injury issues i don't know i don't love any of those teams when it comes uh, to the there's some great playoff series brewing in the western conference i mean you may have as, if it, it, as of today you'd have a nugget suns first round which i think would be excellent um i i don't think honestly uh whoever the timberwolves play i think would make for a pretty good series as well like it could end up being the lakers or the warriors that would be a good series same with the thunder like the west is going to be a- extraordinarily competitive i think as it's it going to be last year yeah i think on if, if the playoffs started today it would be the best first round conference series going in that i could ever remember as a fan and i don't even think it's close like I could see any team beating any team in the first round yeah. and like that's just pretty much never been it used to be like the Orlando Magic were playing the Milwaukee Bucks and would lose by 50 every game. Like, yeah, or the, the, the Pistons were like an eight seed, I think, a couple yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. The Pistons with Drummond and, and Blake. Corpse Blake Griffin, like, and Reggie Jackson running the point. These teams, like the Pelicans could be an eight, seven seed. The Pelicans are really good. Dallas, like, Dallas, LA, that would be a six series. You get Luca, Kyrie. Every series is going to be incredible in the west so yeah i'm really excited for that west playoffs it's gonna be awesome yeah uh i completely agree there if everybody in the west is at their best 
are the Clippers the team to beat? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. The Clippers still have a ton of question marks in my mind, but this Denver has been kind of not great all year. I don't look at them as like a classic title title team where it was like, oh, they're just like so overwhelmingly good. Like they were pretty good last year in the regular season. Then we're really good in the playoffs, but, you know, definitely got pretty good matchups. And they're also just obviously worse this year. They don't have Bruce Brown. They don't have Jeff Green. Their their bench is pretty terrible. So I just have a lot of question marks about every team in the West, and that makes it really fun. Agreed completely uh, on there. And again, the Clippers, there's, there's going to be questions there. The Nuggets, as I said earlier, they've done it. That's the reason I put them as high as, as I did. All right, uh, to finish off the show, uh, we usually go about 45 minutes here. Any sports sports betting to take in? I know it was a big slate. Like I said, the lines have been pretty refined as of this point. Remember, they've been out quite a while here. But any betting, any futures that you want to discuss before we head out? Um, so no futures, but I don't know how much is available right now just because Paolo got ruled questionable in some sites I know have pulled them. But I have Cole Anthony over eight and a half points. I think... Some sites are putting it up. I think FanDuel has it right now. I think DraftKings might have it at minus 110, but it could be a fake line right now. So, yeah, I'll have to verify uh, yeah, on the fly we, here. But um, We might need as, some verification, but I'm pretty confident this FanDuel 8.5 points minus 130 is real. And let's take that. Okay, so just investigating here. Uh, I do have FanDuel open already. Cole Anthony is indeed available. There is, there, there at least was a minus 105 at Betway. I imagine this is stale, but I'm just going to quickly double check here because that is a significant jump on the price. Yeah, I will say I was getting minus 105 after the Paolo news came through, but I don't think that that's available anymore. Yeah, neither do I, and it's not looking good. Yeah, not available. So uh, minus 130, this could fluctuate. Minus 130 is the price that we're going to have on the show at FanDuel. Uh, is, is that just about as high do you go on that one, or is there any wiggle room overall for that bet? No, I'd probably stay around minus 130, especially just because it has shifted a decent right. amount. Minus 130 for Cole Anthony, is is that all for today? Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got. All right. I mean, fair enough. The line's been out a while. It's tough closing line or like the sharp line is probably usually it's it's I, I'd say in in the evening. But for a week off like this, yeah, the sharp lines are probably Thursday morning this morning. So yeah, um, we I have agree. the line there for Cole Anthony minus one thirty to go over eight and a half points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Any any reasoning behind this handicap? Yeah, I just uh, Mark Alfalt is out. His minutes were way down. Uh, with Fultz in, but Fultz is out, and I think Paolo is leaning out. So I think I make over eight and a half pretty solid. No Fultz, yes Paolo, and then no Paolo. He'll be lined at like twelve and a half. So even if you just have it as a fifty-fifty proposition, the fair line would be you know nine and a half, ten and a half. All right, so that will do it for the show today. We're back, hopefully with a bang on the bet today. But regardless. Beyond the bet, if you guys did enjoy the show, please make sure you do hit the like button and also subscribe to the channel. We have tons of content here on the board YouTube channel, weekday morning show with myself and Pips NBA and the Thursday show 
with myself and Kirk Evans. And as the NBA starts to get closer to its conclusion on the season, topics will become hotter. So you don't want to miss out. Hit the notification bell as well. Follow us on Twitter at the board HQ. So you're up to date on all the content and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Myself and Kirk Evans, we're back next Thursday for the show here. Thanks again, everybody for watching. <laughs>